0: Hello, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning to you dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of my show, The Oliver Schirach Show, where it is my task to find interesting, inspiring people from all walks of life, once around the globe, uh, sharing their story, their knowledge around creativity, innovation, personal growth, finding your authentic self yourself. and be happy with what you do. Find 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 the thing you want to do, and how they found it, how they changed, what kind of mindsets they have, tools and insights. And today you get the full episode here with Ashley Green, the mind reader, a mind magician, entertainer, podcast host, blogger, and a business coach, personal coach who wants to help people from the magic entertainment world to have a better life yes this is a long interview as they are usually with me and it was one of three interviews i had this day with him and aiden together so we are going really deep into who ashley is in his you know psychology his weird um the love of weird things how he describes himself, of course, the, the colour, guess what? His name is Ashley Green. Um also a fun fact or a secret not many know. And of course, like how is it to live with autism? Like as if it's something new for him. His um yeah, his his path from school to be a small magician to go up to actually help magicians all around the world and what helped him? to pivot his business his life in 2020 when the lockdown came and basically took everything he had he made 2020 one of his best years ever and uh yeah i don't want to go too deep into it Uh, you have to listen and yeah one thing more we also talk about creativity and innovation i didn't expect that much coming out of ashley but it's really great what he's sharing so If you're just here to listen for the creativity and innovation part, you just push forward. But I would say listen to the whole thing and especially to the TSM, the successful mentalist um, listeners. Here you get some extra information about your hosts. Okay, with that, no further ado, welcome to Ashley. Welcome. This is the Oliver Shear Show with your host, Oliver, obviously. Today is the hardcore day for me, uh, three interviews. This is the second one with Ashley. And um, you had Aiden before, we talked about Ashley a lot. <laughs> the two mind magicians, uh, crazy people. Let's find out what Ashley is telling you about his life, his path, his colors, his whatever. Welcome, Ashley.
1: Hello. I feel so honored. I feel like you've spoken about everything that I'm going to say anyway, so I feel like there's no point from the sounds oh. of You're it, like, oh, we've already heard about Ashley, it's, but he's here now. He's just another thing in the room.
0: No, not 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 like that. Don't, don't get worried. Um, you already got a little bit of teaser because you jumped in at the end of the last interview. Uh, I had my break. I needed a short break. Uh, let's find out. So, Ashley, you're also a mind magician, and you're also a mystic to some degree. We found out on the 27th of December, 2020, when we had you on my final advent calendar episode, the longest to be, <laughs> with the oldest book at hand, with the most seldom book in the show, <laughs> with some magic Boxes you have, and whatever, not weird things. So, I'm, I'm I do not know where it's going. Um, but let's start three things like three words to describe you, your strength, and yeah, if you can also kind of bring a story to why you would describe yourself like that
1: oh three words to the three words to describe me and my strength oh it's got to be weird first of all weird (laughs) quirky and the reason why i say weird is everyone's weird in their own little ways and those weird things are the things we should embrace and 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 i embrace it in me and it's allowed me to achieve what i want to achieve like i i no longer look at the weird things in me the weird ways of thinking the the weird ways of why i do certain stuff it's just it's me i embrace it and and because of that i feel more comfortable going through every day and i'm able to find opportunities that are so unique to me so there's your first one oliver weird <laughs> that's what we're kicking today of talking of weird um the last podcast i was on i told you about my dead bat skeleton and since then valentine's day has just passed and my girlfriend bought me another dead thing uh, it's a dead moth this time a death moth so uh, again linking in with that weird word
0: yes and you you just showed us before when you jumped in, you're, you're painting, faceless painting. I mean, it's a head, mm-hmm. with a, it's, it's not really visible on, on the video, on, on the distance, but there's no eyes or nose or mouth on it. Yeah, for the ones yeah, which see it on YouTube, they just saw the little picture. It's you and your girlfriend, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> but faceless, very weird and creepy, but I like it. It sits on the shelf. So, uh... Yeah, I feel like last time we came and we kind of eased into the weirdness, but today you've gone, let's just start, Jenny, let's ask a few questions, then bang, straight in with the weird.
0: Yeah, I just want to tell you, Aiden's word, the first one was strange, so. <laughs> wow, we are so much closer than we first assumed.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: Okay, okay. So, so the second one to describe you.
1: Optimistic. The reason why I say optimistic is because I've got, and this has really come, especially in like the past uh, one to two years of thinking, you know, through going through various different things and a lot of strange scenarios, a lot of bad scenarios. I've, I've kind of built up a really good resilience and um, to a lot of stuff and. Whenever we're going through a lot of stress, especially like business stress, emotional stress, whatever the hell this thing might be, the situation. I mean, for example, the massive plague that we're in coronavirus, everyone's in lockdown. Like, you can't see my girlfriend. <laughs> I've been able to see her for six months. But, you know, I've always got that level of of optimism. I've always got that kind of I can reframe stuff and it's kind of like, eh, and what? What's the worst I'm alive that's all that matters doesn't matter whatever's thrown at me doesn't matter whatever stress I'm going through I'm still here <laughs> and I don't know if I can explain that much more just like really optimistic and I think this is something which has really come to light in the past I'd say two to one years and and it's definitely definitely helped me when going through making business decisions and setting up new businesses and and adapting my previous business like you said obviously, My magician, I do uh, large-scale corporate entertainment for events. And that was a shift I made um, not too long ago to literally axe everything else I was doing and completely change my business direction. And it just kicked off. But I had no idea it was going to go. I was going into a new field that I'd never done before. But I'm always really optimistic. I'm like, yeah, it'll always play out. It'll always do well. And bang, the universe kind of gives back what you imagine, really. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we we probably will go more into that. <laughs> we did to some degree with Aiden as well. Uh, after all, you know, Mind Valley, Vision Lakyani, and all these classes. So, what is your third word? Oh, gosh. I don't know. The third word.
1: Mm, this is a hard one. I've gone weird. Weird is the easy one. I've gone optimistic. I would probably say <sighs> adaptive okay and I think this really comes um, the only reason I say this one is it's really hard to go for three words actually like there's so much <laughs> but when you think about it like trying to sum up your yourself within three words like the essence of you it's actually a really hard task, but I would go adaptive, and really, this comes from obviously, uh, again, in the UK, having to put my businesses and and various different things. Like I, I think I might have said in the uh, the last podcast, I I quit my day job as an estate agent, a full time, well paying job, in favor of going into an entertainment career. Um, two weeks before a national lockdown, where entertainers couldn't actually do their job, and I was a- able to pivot so easily. And change and see new directions and see new opportunities. And I think this kind of links in with the optimism as well. That I'm able to just go, ah, it's all gonna play out, it's all gonna be fine. It doesn't matter or the scenario is, I'm still alive at the end of the day. Like literally, whatever I'm going through, I just go, I'm still alive it's fine. So I would say being able to adapt, so adaptive. Um yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm happy with that, Oliver. Weird, <laughs> adaptive <laughs> and optimistic. That is the three words that make Ashley Green.
0: Yeah, and and one thing in this short uh, part where we are, because it's going to be much longer, I'm still alive, all is fine. I don't know if that's going to be the podcast title, but uh, it definitely sounds like a great thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's coming through at the moment. And uh, we have talked, yeah, for on the twenty seventh form for the last episode, and then we've talked a few uh, a week ago or something like that to plan for this one. And so, I t- what I can see is really like you have this energy, both of you, Aiden, and, and and you have this energy of things happening. And last time you told me, yeah, but you both were at the place late nineteen two thousand nineteen, early twenty, where things just did not work anymore. But 2020 for both of you was liberating. You 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 grew both of you mentally and business wise and everything. Uh, it's it's great to hear. So let's see for for you know for breaking the ice, right? Because we're so not <laughs> used to each other. What color would you be if you if you are would if you are the new color in a coloring box? You can be really crazy. You don't have to be like, (laughs) you have a big smile there.
1: (laughs) I'm coming on your podcast. You're asking me what color I would be. It's in my name, Ashley Green. How could it be any other color apart from green? It's literally half of my name. It's 100% green. Green is me. It's what I love. Literally, I I used to think I was really cool going through primary school like that because all my friends would say, oh, you're Ashley Green. What's your favourite colour? I'd be like, Green is in the name. And I used to think I was really cool and hip, but it turns out I was just sad and weird and no one actually cared. But I enjoyed saying it. And I still do now. As a 24-year-old man, nearly 25, I still enjoy saying, yeah, my name's Ashley Green because I like the colour green. Uh, this is how weird i think you probably got me on this podcast just like oh wow this guy owns uh, a few businesses he's uh he's doing quite well and oh my gosh he's just a weirdo that's very optimistic
0: is it only because it's in your name or do you have an yes
1: no nope, it's just in my name that's the only reason why because how cool is it you you cannot give yourself a favorite color if you if you already have a color in your name
0: Okay, then perfect. I um I'm all green. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's go on. Uh a fun fact or secret not many people know about you. A secret not many people know about
1: me. I this is funny. When I was younger, I always wanted to be a plumber. <laughs> i know and now i read minds i do tarot readings and i teach magicians across the globe wasn't that a shift (laughs) goodness knows what young ashley was thinking but maybe he was too distracted by the color green um yeah no i i always wanted to be a plumber and i think the reason behind that is the broken education system it does not support people who think differently and think differently is trying to funnel you down into one thing. Well, this has just got deep, suddenly quick, <laughs> but, but the education system, like all round, it's kind of like, what job are you going to get? Where are you going to work? You must get these, these qualifications, these grades to get this job. And it's kind of like, who are you going to work for? Who are you going to work for when you're younger? And it doesn't support those people who think, actually, I want to do something a bit more creative. Actually, I want to set up this business. And no point going through school, even in blimming business studies. A lesson teaching you about business, you don't learn about tax. You don't learn about entrepreneurship. You don't learn about sales. You don't learn anything in school about how to actually be human and be nice and connect with other individuals. The whole school system is broken, and that's probably why me back then was like, "Oh well, I, I like plumbing. I've uh, I've bled a radiator once." Therefore, I must be a plumber. I'm good at engineering. Yep, my grades match up with being a plumber, and it kind of forces you into that path. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. And I think if I didn't have this optimism um, and this weird way of thinking, and I'm, I'm going back to the keywords, <laughs> nice little <still> callback, <laughs> and this ability to just adapt and and, and pivot, I, I think I would have fallen into a trap which most people fall into, which is kind of going through. When they're younger going through the school system and thinking okay okay i've got the grades to do this this is what i'm good at in school therefore i must work for this person go into that job resent that job and think but it's okay i'm doing something what i enjoy but they don't enjoy it but they think they enjoy it because that's what they were told that they should enjoy and it's, i see this so many times like people just get a job for job's sake they think they enjoy it they think it's all right. But deep down, you can see that they're drained and everyone says the same thing. I can't wait for retirement. What a horrible thing, right? You want to wait till you're 60, 70, 80 years old to then live the life you want to live. Why can't you live it now? And I don't know, like there was just that. I'm really lucky. And like you said, I am 2019, 2020 was a year of complete change for me. And I was really lucky, like really, really lucky that I've had this kind of A shift so early on in my life where it's just like you know what i don't want to be stuck in an office i don't want to be stuck in a usual job i want to do something fun money's irrelevant i don't give a damn about money i just want to have fun i just want to enjoy my life and i i just want to do what makes me happy and that's why i put so much like, emphasis on my entertainment career. Like, I genuinely love performing. I genuinely love seeing other people happy through my weird and wacky ways of entertaining people through the psychic realm. Like, I genuinely love that. And, you know, due to to having to pivot as an entertainer early on and, and being able to set up a fantastic company with Aiden called The Successful Mentalist, we've been able to coach and teach magicians. And it's just something so rewarding in that, right? Like, me as an entertainer, The biggest thing I enjoy about that is literally the the one thing of someone saying, oh, my God, that's brilliant. And seeing a smile on their face, you know, seeing them beforehand, just going through their day, plodding through their life, just just a bit. meh. And then as soon as you go over, as soon as you show them something, as soon as they see your stage show, they're just so full of life and energy and excitement. That is a beautiful moment for me. And it's what I really love about our business, which me and Aiden set up, the ability that you can teach someone something. You've now given them a skill you see the excitement in them because they've learned that skill and then you see them go off and use the skill you taught them to change their life for the better that's amazing like i i i just i just love that like the fact that you can help people and change people's lives that's that's why i'm an entertainer and that's why i'm a a coach and a teacher through the successful mentalist is yeah it's it's just what I love. And yeah, but going back to the question, um, I wanted to be a plumber. It's a weird thing about me. And it was just nice that I got to really, uh, 2019 and, uh, my work just went, there was so much tension in the office. There was so much tension in the office. And I think that was a good thing. Looking back at it, it was really horrible, but it was such a great thing because it forced me out. It forced me out and forced me into breaking the mold and, going into a path which I should have been on and doing something which I enjoy but now I'm, I'm just lucky that I've, I've had that shift so early long in life when others wait whiles and some people get to retirement to then wait and do the things they want to do so yeah I'm, I'm really grateful for that
0: so so you didn't study plumbing did you I mean you wanted to be a plumber up to what age uh 17 17.
1: <laughs> yeah. And really? considering I'm only 24, nearly 25 now, what we say that's seven, eight years ago, seven, seven and a half years ago. Yeah. Seven to eight years ago. So not that long ago, really. Um, I wanted to study plumbing. I actually, I actually went as far as going to college and looking into the plumbing courses to which they said, you're going to have to start right at the very bottom to do the very basics. And I looked at the course and it was like literally teaching you how to count. And I went, no. <laughs> seriously and that's when I gave up that dream
0: (laughs) okay so what did did you go to college or um I did I did um after school you'll love this I
1: went all through school I put in so much work I was always like I was always at the top I was always well and you know I think I fall into the stereotypical autistic person here where my English sucked at school I was so bad at English Besides maths, I was really good at. I could look at numbers and I was like, mm. "I done really well at that." I went through school. <laughs> my my lower level years were absolutely fantastic. I then went on and done the last bit of school in the UK. We called it sixth form. It's like the last two years, like you you stay on do a little bit of further education, and um, I kind of got marked around by the school with they. It it was a bad school. I I I don't know. A bad workman always blames their tools, but hey ho. I'm going to blame the school on this one. It, it was really bad. The the subjects they were running and stopping them. I don't think they had enough funding. The teachers were all over the place. Uh, the school itself didn't put in the effort to kind of help those pupils. And since then, the school had to uh, they had to get rid of the headmaster. There are loads of teachers left, and they completely had to change the school round. So I think that says it all. Um. So I went through there. I kind of done all right. I just kind of scraped through. Um. And then I went to college and yeah, that's that's where another thing where I didn't really get along with that. I kind of went there and I went, hmm, this isn't for me. i done an environmental sustainability course, um, which is uh, right up our street Um, environmental sustainability to look into all of those various different things. And uh, I love the course. I love looking into everything about the environment. I love looking into solar panels and strange methods of farming and eutrophication and and how you can actually use a reed bed system as a, a natural sewage plant and all, all of this crazy stuff. I love that. I'm fascinated with it. But again, it's the education system. Absolutely hated it. I hated it to pieces. I hated the way that teachers went around and teach you. I hated the way of how kind of it was like this authority thing. I hate authority. When someone tells me to do something, I'm like, no, I must rebel. <laughs> I completely hated it. So college for me, it was kind of like a mutual thing of, Ashley, you can't come back to college. We don't want you here. And also me going, I don't want to come to college. This is a mutual thing. We're both getting what we want here all's good so yeah went to college got kicked out i also wanted to leave at the same time and then i got a boring job working in shops after that i left i became an estate agent for three years then i i fell out um with my manager in the uh, in the retail shop which is why i left to the new job i then fell out with everyone there in the new job but i think it was because like i said i was being forced and i felt like i had to do regular jobs like regular people do like working in a big corporate business or a or a small business or working for someone else and it just never really aligned with me which is why i kind of always fell out of everyone and and that's why i'm just so grateful that that was actually looking back at it a good thing it was it was someone telling me that no you're not doing what you enjoy you need to you need to get out of this and and do something else and Hopefully. I'm now on the right path. Fingers crossed. Hopefully doing what I am now is the right
0: path for me. But time will tell. <laughs> no, it's it, it, beautiful. So I, what do you think, with your knowledge you have at the moment, was pushing you out, making you feel uncomfortable in, in these positions? Oh,
1: what was pushing me out? I, I think it was the fact that I just didn't agree with everything i was like what are we actually doing here you know i work in a shop and i spend my time and my effort like put the money aside like you know when you work at a company money's dreadful unless you're like really high up like you get a couple of quid you're trading hours and hours of your life for a few coins like it just doesn't make sense to me that part but also like when you're in a shop what are you actually doing you're putting something on a shelf I was like okay and then when I became an estate agent everyone everyone always says oh yeah that's that's such a much better job than working in a shop right everyone's like oh that's that's a really good job but is it all I'm doing is typing at a computer picking up a phone and saying hello to someone what am I actually doing to help people you know what am I actually doing to make my mark on the planet what am I actually doing to get remembered I, I'm, I'm just kind of like passively going through and it's just like I'm not actually doing anything beneficial and I think that's what jarred with me I, I wasn't doing anything useful for the planet like now I look at my work which I do and, and it's actually helping people both in the entertainment career and both with a successful mentalist with Aiden I'm actually helping people. It's far more rewarding. I can actually see a positive change that I'm making within people's lives and the overall community as it is. But if I look at my previous jobs, what was the positive change that I was making? Nothing. I was just I was just typing at a keyboard or, or putting an item on a shelf. And that is the thing that really jarred with me.
0: Wow, yeah, definitely. So where do you think it came from? Like deep inside you? Was it something else? I mean, I I ask because I've been working as an engineer four years and I had the feeling I have the same knowledge as someone else in a similar position in a different department. I was the one not getting the salary raise. He was always getting the salary raise. I was not getting the projects he was getting. And when we talked, we pretty much aligned on everything. And I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. it's like something said, you're not at the right place here. You think you should be working here, but you're not. And and I also had a hard time to give in more time of myself, right? I knew like, okay, I'm going to be quality engineer and then project management. I'm going to learn all these tools. But when I came home, I just like, woof, my head was just like blocked. The only thing I wanted to do be with my girlfriend, which is my wife now, my dog, and just be in nature. <laughs> and I couldn't. Learn more to be better at work or put more time. Um, I know now, after 10 years, this was about the wrong place. And um, from Mind Valley and all these different um, classes, online podcasts, YouTubes, I start to believe there is something more than just what we see, right? We also know from the quantum physics, there's only 3% of what we see, hear, and feel is what there is, right? There's the black matter, black matter just because we do not know what it is. (laughs) So for me, it's like my soul doesn't want me to be there. So I'm still on the search. What does my soul want? Um, How is it for you?
1: I don't know. I think it was just like, uh, I think it was just a calling just from within, you know, I think it was just, it just didn't feel right. And I don't think I'm the sort of person to sit there when something doesn't feel right and just kind of give within and just go with it. Um, Although I am the type of person that likes security. And I think that's why for so, so long, I mean, you know, I spent what, uh, two years working in a shop, uh, three years as an estate agent, That's, that's five years of my life, that's quite a while, right? Doing something that you actually don't enjoy, which you think is meaningless and pointless. But I think I'd done it for the security. And I, I think I would have still been there if I didn't actually have the the negative experiences with the 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 not agreeing with management, the the falling out with staff because I couldn't put my own views forward and use my own views and I felt restricted. I, I had all these crazy ideas, which I thought, this is great, this is great, this is great. But I was restricted and it was like, you can't put this forward, you can't do this. And I was always like, why? this is something that works. Can we, can we not do it? And it was like, no, we have our routines and I was like, what? <laughs> I, so I, I, I don't really know to answer your question. Like the reason, what, what was the thing? I, I, I just think it was a, a whole kind of build up, And I think I literally just got lucky. I think it was lucky that I had all of these falling out with people in my past job because I didn't get along. And I'm that person that, like I say, when I'm in that situation, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I don't agree with this. It's not fair. And it really angry myself. And I think it was because of that. That's what led me to to change. So I don't know. No. Maybe maybe we say my autism helped me a lot with that.
0: I, I don't know. All right. it, it's funny that you say you're very good in numbers, but I definitely see it. there's a pattern. It's, you were working somewhere where you don't fit in. Um, luckily, it didn't go for plumbing. I can definitely see it. <laughs> I do not see how that works with you. I I got to know you.
1: Hey, you want us to know something that nobody knows. Nobody knows that. They're going to be like, oh my God, this is Ashley Green, the mind reader. He's the guy who's performed all over the world at all of these amazing corporate events and parties and does these massive shows. Wow, he wanted to be a little plumber. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I have some issues down there with our bathroom. Can you (laughs) help me out there? So... So your story, um, let's go to the story. What are you doing now and, and what was your path? When did you know that you want to be mentalist?
1: <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't like a a definitive change. It wasn't like uh I, I get to the end of the estate agent and then it's like right, up I'll, I'll be an entertainer. It it was never like that. It was when I was at school, this all goes back to this all goes back to when I was a lot younger. Um I got signed up to circus school where I would learn like juggling, tightrope walking, you know all the all the circus performing stuff, crazy clown kind of person, and uh, I was doing that spinning plates a lot. You imagine it, me, the weird guy who collects dead animals, having a laugh and juggling and spinning plates. (laughs) Weird image. but it was from there. My circus teacher taught me a magic trick. I then became obsessed with magic for a long time. I got obsessed with like, you go through phases when you're a kid as a hobby. And when you find one hobby, you go a little bit deeper down the rabbit hole. And then you look, start to look at niches within that hobby. And within magic, you know, that's associated with cons. Uh, that's associated with like psychology. You've got the psychology of magic. you got stage magic. you got illusion. you got close up magic. You got various different things and and then I came to something which is kind of connected to um uh to magic, which is kind of like parapsychology, the study of the paranormal. And then I started looking into that. So I got into like the paranormal stuff more through the psychology route, the, the science route. And then I just went deeper down that retabit hole and then started <laughs> exploring stuff about, you know, these crazy stories of like monks that could do this incredible thing, these these crazy like tribes out in africa which would just do these incredible like rituals and spells and i remember when i was actually at school my um my my biology teacher he had a, a phd i think in um, quantum mechanics and um, really really intelligent guy and we would spend hours and hours and hours talking that when he was growing up in africa like he was just talking about like the witches and the wizards that were out there and like and like we would just spend hours just talking about real magic um So i think my passion in in looking at the weird bizarre the the occult and the psychic realm kind of started a lot and i kind of fell into it and then it kind of came and i got interested in magic kind of around the same time so i was like looking at yuri geller i had the chance to speak to him which was amazing (laughs) because he's a he's a massive inspiration but i always kept that in the back of my mind that i wanted to do entertainment you know although i love tarot readings although i love. All the weird displays that the psychics do i just ultimately when it boils down i just enjoyed making people happy like i think there's something really satisfying it? if you boil it down to the one thing i just enjoy that so that's why the entertainment side always stuck with me that's why i'm not going out there and doing what Yuri Geller used to do and help big oil companies find the you know try and divine where the oil located so that they can make their millions i'm not doing that because it doesn't appeal to me I just want to put smiles on faces That's, that's all I'm interested in. And um, so, yeah, I was always doing that. And I was always performing, you know, from a young age, uh, I was about 15 years old. I performed on big old stage down there. I think I might've mentioned last time, like the same stage as like the Beatles have played on like Russell Howard, a comedian over here has played on. I think, um, there's some other people, uh, which I've forgotten, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, are <laughs> motorhead. Um, is a big band that's played on it and uh, I believe Jimmy Carr so yeah loads of really big people and I had the opportunity to play on that stage uh, to a big old audience when I was about 15 and I was always doing little gigs little performances just going along whenever I was at school you know whenever I had my first job working in a shop I was always just doing the odd gig here and there the odd performance was never like solidified it was just whenever something came in when I became an estate agent obviously I learned a few more business and sales skills from that and I was able to work through my business and I had a few more things coming in. And when it got to the end, when it got to me really kind of like identifying, like I said, I don't want to be doing this. This isn't right for me. Like working in this job, working and just sat at a desk typing, it's not actually doing anything beneficial here. How am I helping people? And because I'd already built up the massive kind of background in entertainment, it was something that stuck from, like I say, a really young age. It was a passion, like a burning passion. And that's why I just had the, the comfortable moment is well. The comfortable moment is just really uh, go. You know what? Let's dive straight into this. I love it. This this is my calling. This is what I need to do. And and then I then I dived in from there. So does that kind of answer your question, or have I gone on this weird story?
0: <sighs> Stories are always good. <laughs> so so it means like, do, do you remember the, how old you were in the circus school? Were like five, eight, ten? Ah. Uh,
1: I want to say around about 12 years old. 12. Um, I learned my my first card magic trick around about 13 14. Um, and around about 15 or so I joined up with a, there's a club down there called the magic circle the young magicians club It's like their youth club or something. So every every month we'd go up to London, and I'd watch a couple of lectures learn a few silly magic tricks. And it was it's just a bit of fun at the time. And, uh, and yeah, now uh, I'm a living, breathing entertainer. <laughs> it's where I bring my money in. It's great fun.
0: Yeah. So when, when you were, uh, I do remember, uh, not the age, but probably around nine to 12 years, somewhere there, probably a bit younger, actually, If I think changing the school that we also were uh, invited to do like circus tricks, but I didn't go through school so i i remember it was really fun to learn you know juggling and all these things so must have been cool and and i remember then going home and show in front of the parents the tricks so what was it for you you were like going to circus school and then like showing all the tricks at home or Mm -hmm. you were doing the stuff in uh, in the breaks in the school so like hello people here if my
1: yeah exactly the same i uh I remember I'd come home and we had a tiny house, a tiny corridor, and I would set up my circus equipment in the corridor and I was throwing it in my mouth around and my mum was like, please don't break the door, please don't break the clock, don't break any of the ornaments. And I was like, yeah, but look at this cool thing I learned. Way! <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I was always doing that. And and I think it's nice. And like you say, I think me and you both think differently and um, and being able to go into a lesson that's not just writing stuff down, writing stuff down listening to something, writing stuff down, but going into a lesson where it's like practical hands-on, like here, take this, do this. And I think that's why me and you both say we had a bit more fun with it because it's a different style of teaching, which was probably better suited for us.
0: Yeah, I guess that's that's me. Um, I, I learn better by talking to people. Of course, I also learn through reading, uh, but I, I somehow need to use my hands. <laughs> so that's the same for you, huh? exactly the same and um, you you said you were performing on a big stage and you said also after five years you had enough of that so that was And if I got it right, uh, did you say today or in another discussion two weeks before the lockdown you you quit your job, the good paid job which was so great but not for you (laughs) because you, you you were pushed out for whatever reason, your inner your ego, your soul, whatever pushed you out, made 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 a lot of friction. So you could not stay there anymore. What did you work then?
1: Yeah. So after then, I um I was really, really lucky. And um like I say, it goes back to that, you know, going back to that time, I um like I say, I always had that that mind of I, I need the security, I need the security, I need the financial security, I can't just jump into it straight away. And uh for the past year, before that started around about twenty eighteen, for that entire year, I uh, I started performing at a place called Houdini's Magic Bar, beautiful magic venue, and that's what really helped my um, my career take off. Like I was given a place where I could perform, hone my craft as an entertainer, try new things, try the quirky tarot readings, try the uh, intuition readings, and it was my playground where I could have fun, and I would get paid as an entertainer to do that. Like that was my job. Um, my day job as an estate agent absolutely hated it. They said, oh, you, you can't do this. It's a breach of your contract. You can't do two jobs. And I was like, what? You go home and play Xbox at night. I was saying that to my manager. I was like, this is my switch off. Entertaining is my Xbox. Entertaining and doing silly little card tricks, doing tarot readings, doing psychic readings. That's my switch off don't tell me what i can't do in my own time so that's where the friction started <laughs> when people when when your job wow. which you put your heart and soul into they try and control your life i was like mm, no and uh it started from there and um the venue the venue that i was performing at they actually said um i said to them there was a lot of this friction at work and they went why don't if you actually want to jump to uh to to something why don't you actually work in the bar full-time like you can you can perform all the time. And also you can work behind the bar and pour a few drinks. And I was like, this is cool. I've still got a little bit of that security, albeit a lot less money, but I'm still doing something. I'm now in a venue where I get to entertain people every single day. And then have fun making fancy cocktails as well. I was like, that's brilliant. So I jumped to that and uh, the aim there was like, brilliant. Now I'm in this place. I'm now entertaining people every day. I'm not going to be getting as much money as I was. So I need to focus on my entertainment career to really bring that up and get a lot more a lot more bookings to really go through and, and build the business aspect up and, uh, and make sure that I have enough finances coming in through my entertainment career. Um, and that's when the UK lockdown happened, two weeks after. And I went, <laughs> oh,
0: bugger. <laughs> yeah, but you already had in your mindset, you need to create more income because it was not enough to be a bartender and entertainer. <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. Exactly the bartendering it was just like it was something fun to do but it, it 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 doesn't pay the bills. It's just I do it because I enjoy it. I like I just like helping the venue that I'm working at. They they've given me so much so however I can repay them is just fantastic. Like genuinely love that place. And um and yeah, it, it was exactly that I I knew that I need to perform like I've just quit a big, big job earning money. And now I'm, I am really have a lot less money. I was like, what do I need to do? And good friend of mine, Ian Rowland, um, who is an amazing chap. Um, he's got an amazing brain for entrepreneurs. And uh, he's just a brilliant writer in himself. He um, he said to me this amazing quote, which I'll always remember. And I'm going to butcher this quote now. But it's, it's the same <laughs> meaning, but I'm going to butcher it. Some people look for problems whilst others look for opportunities. Let me say that again. Some people look for problems whilst others look for opportunities. He said, that's the same thing with this coronavirus, you know, we've locked down. Some people are like, oh, I can't do this. And entertainers are like, I can't perform on stage. I've got no money coming in. I can't pay my bills. They're all there looking for problems, but I'm here like, brilliant. People are inside. People are bored. People don't know what to do. Perfect for a show if i can't perform live and i can't perform on a stage or i can't perform in the house then let's perform virtually let's perform an online show so i was one of the first performers in the uk to transition from doing live events and start performing online and uh, and i started entertaining people all across the uk word got out and i eventually started getting a few inquiries from india and like now i'm i'm doing gigs all around the world like virtually like barcelona israel paris america you know i've been to like I was doing uh, LA one day, California one day. I've had people (laughs) coming to my shows from Vegas. Like literally you name it, I've been there. It's been a crazy journey, but it boils down to that fantastic quote, which I was told, some people look for problems and others look for opportunities. And this links into what I said at the very beginning. I'm very adaptive, I'm very optimistic. Whenever there's a problem chucked at me, I've got this mindset now where it's like, and what, I'm still alive. Like, really, why am I panicking about this? I'm here. That's all that matters. And when you can ground yourself like that, then you can start thinking, okay, now your your rational brain's working and you can start to think, what can I do here to use this situation to my benefit? How can I use this to help people? How can I use it to help myself? And having that, the ability to do that was a complete game changer. And this mindset and and this kind of methodology uh, is that a word? <laughs> I Butchered that as well. That that's really helped me kind of build everything up from the ground up. You know, I've gone from an entertainer charging, I don't know, two hundred pounds per gig, and now I'm charging between eight hundred to one thousand eight hundred per gig. In, in a situation where most entertainers like you see it in the news where it's like oh entertainers are struggling oh there's this bad entertainment bad problem for entertainers in the world and i'm like i, I i've upped my fee quite drastically
0: yeah i, I mean I, I do see the entertainment business is, is definitely struggling because what do i because we have for example a friend which um, has the climbing degree you know, with ropes and all that stuff. So he works on on, the electric, I guess, high voltage certificate. I I, I do not know what you need to have, but he has all these different papers. So whenever there's a a music event or magic or whatever it is, right? Then he is paid pretty good in his company because he's able to climb up all these (laughs) super tall Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, columns and pull up the cables and put up the lights and all these things. These people really do struggle because I doubt they can do that on Zoom <laughs> or Google Meet. Yeah. But I'm still of the
1: mindset. Like I am, I'm so of the mindset of speaking to so many businesses that there is always an opportunity to adapt and pivot at the moment, no matter what you're doing. It just takes, first of all, you've just got to ground yourself. Once you stop worrying, once you stop like thinking about the problems, you stop focusing on the negatives. Genuinely, I think your mind opens up and you go, oh my gosh, there's this. When you stop thinking so negatively, when you stop thinking about all these, all the things that are going wrong and that can go wrong, the good thing starts to come to you and you might find something up here which is like completely wacky, completely out there, something that's completely out of your comfort zone. It might be in a completely different area. You might be you might be maximizing on one of your hobbies or one of your other interests, but it, it starts with, with getting out of the, the mindset of, this is a bad situation this is affecting me when you can get out of that then you can focus on okay what can i do how can i help myself how can i help other people but but you've got to you've got to sort yourself out first and you've got to you've got to kind of ground yourself and it goes it, it does go back to that and what i'm still here i'm still alive you get to that stage then you can do whatever and blitz onwards
0: so that that puts me to the question how to ground is it just to set yourself like i'm still alive or do you have other habits to ground yourself mm-hmm. you know i i really
1: think that now whenever i look at myself now whenever there's something stressful that comes up i just kind of look at it immediately and just go eh, meh, doesn't matter <laughs> like for example i i've had a, a stage show I had, I was so busy throughout the week and uh, no, not a stage show, an online, an online show to quite a few hundred people. And uh, I had to write the show, an entire brand new show the day before. I had no, I was planning to spend all week doing it. I had a multitude of various different tasks that come up, meant it was impossible. But I could have either got stressed at that situation and that would have affected everything. But I just went, you know, what? what's the worst that could happen? I tell you what you know what let's put the the worst case situation in i don't write the show okay i I don't do the show what's the problem what i get i get a bad review okay and what i'm still alive literally when you can play it like that it's so it's so powerful like when you can actually tell yourself that it always boils down to that thing (laughs) you know um but I would say there have been a few things that have really, really helped me with this. I think it's going through a lot of negative experiences. It's going through a lot of stress in the past, which has kind of built up those resilience levels, but also in top meditation, you know, meditation, that ability to just be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more calm. And I think when you are a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more calm, and you're not so tense and stressed, then you have that ability to just kind of switch off and just go, ah, eh, and then calm, then ground yourself a bit better. Um, that's it. Like I, I don't do much. To I don't have a ritual when something stressful comes up, and I go, "Oh, I need to get this and do this." I'm just like, yeah. And it just happens naturally. I'm just like so, so chill and so relaxed, and I don't, I don't do much. And it's just, it's just having a, a strong mentality towards things. And if I did say there was one thing, it's probably just the meditation, just daily meditation.
0: Okay, so how long are you meditating if you de- meditate daily?:
1: oh, I aim for 20 minutes, but sometimes it goes up to 40 minutes, and if I'm lucky, it goes up to an hour, and uh, then sometimes I accidentally fall asleep.
0: <laughs> so uh, are you doing morning, evening or in middle of day meditation?
1: Yeah, I, I used to have it routine, but where my diary's <laughs> all over the place now, I'm now either go for the morning. If I can, I used to have it routine of midday and that was beautiful and I love that. But sometimes when I have back-to-back meetings, ugh, it's just, it's a pain. And I know you should always prioritize like yourself, your health and and your well-being, Um when you're like your mind and your body. But at the same time, if I've got an important meeting and that person is so inconvenient, and I can't move it. I'm like, oh dear. <laughs> um, so it, it's usually either morning Midday or evening, basically whenever I can fit it in, but I will always do it. Whether it's as soon as I get up, whether it's before I go to bed, but my prime time—the time which I think is amazing—is literally in the middle of the day, because I think it is is so nice, especially once you've got a lot of meetings when you've got a lot of work on to take that time for yourself to just kind of unwind. And it's like it's really just relaxing for me. And then you come out of that and you feel refreshed and you're ready to get on with the rest of
0: your day. And I cannot help it because meditation has such a. Again, people say this and that about meditation. So, how are you meditating?
1: Good question. Uh, I go for a silence meditation. I don't do the guided meditations. Um, the only guided meditations I will say are from our mutual friends Elif and Phil because that is a beautiful group. Their co-alignment group uh, within Mind Valley. Uh. <laughs> they're uh they're lovely they're the only guided meditations I would do Aiden does some cracking uh guided meditations which he's uh written for us at TSM uh for a couple of our courses um but yeah I, I just really I really love the silence meditation just to just to be there and it's really nice I think sometimes when you just hone in onto the sounds as well one of the things I like to do when I'm out on walks is just kind of focus on Just what's actually happening and listen to the sounds around me and just becoming aware of of the now and the present i think that's really beautiful
0: yeah so uh ground yourself in the presence Mm -hmm. Uh, echoed totally and so on and so forth (laughs) Mm -hmm. um let's see so now we have also covered that part (laughs) how you calm down because I can imagine all these things, they they keep running, and we probably will talk with Aiden about you know your your path of of building up the business. Uh, we already talked a bit with Aiden, but not to talk about it three times. <laughs> 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 let's let's keep it for for our co-interview later. Um, I started the the business. Yeah, it is a business, my podcast. Uh, On creativity, innovation, how is your take? What is your um, interpretation or description of innovation? Oh no, creativity first. Creativity. Uh,
1: I want to get a good answer for you here. I want to get a really good answer. So what do you mean by what is my take on creativity? Because I want to hit you with something
0: more or less like how would you define it in your words because there's like innovation creativity meditation to have like so many different uh interpretations or definitions
1: yeah so i used to think creativity was spontaneous i used to think that creativity was something that some people have and some people don't have i used to think i wasn't creative so then Aidan started doing a lot of research into creativity and Aidan worked with a lot of psych- top psychologists and Aidan worked with a lot of top neurobiologists and obviously he was mentored by Scott Barry Kaufman, amazing guy, a great uh, psychologist on, on the field of creativity and Aidan said to me, it's a skill, creativity is a trainable skill and that, that shifted the way I think because I used to think that uh, I'm not very creative. Like especially in in the world of like the entertainment world, I used to feel very worried. Like we go to big conventions, we le- we meet a lot of other entertainers, and um, I used to look around at all these other entertainers and go, "Wow, you're so original, you're so creative," and here's me, I'm 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 just not really doing much, and and I used to really judge myself and look down, and I used to think, uh, "You know what? I'm I'm just I'm just not as creative as them," and then as soon as Aiden told me that it's a trainable skill. Well, what do we do when we're not good at something and you realize it's a trainable skill? You train it. (laughs) You train it, you get good at it. And now I look at myself, I'm the most creative person ever. I can come up with these wacky and wild ideas. But I think it's also come from confidence within myself to accept that everyone can be creative. So yeah, the answer to that, and I'm sure Aidan probably gave the same example, it's a skill. (laughs) It's something you can train. It's not a thing that some people have and some people don't have. We all have it and we all have the ability to do it.
0: Yes, he he mentioned also Kaufman and and reading about it. It's also one of the reasons I said I want to have the podcast to find methods and habits to be creative so people can actually hear from authors, musicians, coaches, business people, you know, their way of being creative. So actually to learn, probably also for myself to just, you know, here and there, learn something new. But how did you practice it? If you say you've... You were one of the guys who if I would have said, hey, be creative, let's get some ideas for this business. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm not creative. How did you train it to have all these wacky ideas? <laughs> um, just accepted I am.
1: I just accept that I was creative and and I just started, rather than rejecting my ideas that came to mind, I just started writing them down. I write down everything. It doesn't matter how bad an idea is, how good an idea is, it's there for a reason. I write it down because it's an opportunity to remember it and maybe elaborate on it later. You know. Aiden has has more stuff, more in depth on this, so he can actually go through how to actually train it properly. But all I did was I identified a few the key things that really worked for me, making sure that I write down my ideas, making sure that I accept that I am creative, because once you accept it, then the ideas will flow. You become a bit more positive with that, but also using something called... um uh einstein uh called it a combinatory play more recently it's been renamed because of the film uh, macgyver or the tv program macgyver but it's known as the macgyver effect as well where it's kind of <laughs> letting your ideas no, no it is it's, it's uh letting your ideas rest in your subconscious in the back of your mind so whenever you're working on something for example in my aspect a show whenever i'm writing on a on a new stage show a new virtual show whatever i work on those ideas and then i'll switch off I'll go on a walk, I do another task and I completely forget about it. I will not think about it because those ideas will be jumping around in my brain in the background. And eventually, like you've probably had it right. You go to the bathroom, you go to the toilet, you, you go on a walk and midway through uh, a meaningless task where you're doing nothing. You think, bingo, that's a fantastic idea. There's a reason why ideas jump to us at the most strangest of moments. And that's because we allow our minds to switch off, work on stuff in our subconscious and then eventually when various different ideas pair together and form a and, and form an actual the the thing that you're looking for brilliant something comes up bang write it down so one of the things that really helped me was was switching off i mean to give you a practical example of this you know like i said i was one of the first performers to transition early in the uk and start doing virtual shows okay i had to write a show for a brand new platform that I've never done entertainment on. I had to learn how to engage with people through a tiny little webcam. I had to learn about the tech. I had to learn about everything. I had to write a show for a completely different medium. Like that's crazy. And that's a task where if you're not creative, it's not gonna work. But as I've said, everyone's creative. So it's just, you've got to use the, uh, the little tips and the psychological hacks to your advantage. So one of the things I've done, I laid in bed for two days, Oliver. <laughs> I laid in bed for two days and I thought about nothing. And then I thought about the show and then I thought about nothing again. And then I thought about the show and I thought about nothing and I planned ideas out. And then I let my mind switch off and I planned ideas out. and I let my mind switch off. And in those moments where I let my mind switch off, where I was thinking about nothing, I had the biggest breakthroughs and I managed to write and develop a show in two days. I managed to write a show in an environment I've never performed in before, write a show for something completely brand new, write a show for a situation I was scared about. And I'd done it in two days by literally thinking about nothing but the thing I wanted to do, but also giving myself those breaks to switch off. And it was those times where I switched off and allowed myself to think about nothing and just be with myself and be with my thoughts. I had the biggest breakthroughs there. And that is how I managed to write a brand new show. So yeah, literally the switch off time, the downtime as one of the, the best things for me it's why i go on an hour hour and a half walk every single day sometimes more sometimes two a day three a day like if i'm lucky because i love having the time to switch off and and let these ideas come to me as well as the 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 fitness aspects of it you know keeping healthy and and we know that obviously walking and and light exercise is great for creativity as well and and that so yeah no i love it
0: You gave a really, really deep answer here, <laughs> a bit deeper than Aiden because wow, prob- I'm surprised because he's uh, he's the
1: smart one who goes super deep on this stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's you know there's only so much you can talk about in one and a half two hours. Uh, people will still complain again. Again, two hours. Yes, people, that's what it sometimes takes. But that's why we all have the choice. And if you think now it's a long time and you need to go to the loo and you just need a break from Ashley and me, or me, uh, then just press the pause button. You do not have to listen to the whole thing at once. <laughs> Seriously, you don't. Um, you're free to do so. But we will continue because otherwise we lose our track, Right. Uh,
1: well, I was going to say, can I use this moment to break and go for a wee, and then we catch up in a
0: second? Let's do that. If they're going
1: to pause and go to the loo. I'm going to pause and go to the loo as well.
0: <laughs> Let's do that. Let's take a pause, and there we go. We are both lighter than before the break. I hope you guys uh, as well. And if you didn't take a break, thank you for continuing. <laughs> uh, we just talked about, you know, turning on. And turning off, like think of a problem and then let your subconscious work on it. Some people talk, send the problem up to the higher self. Um, that's one of Fish and or the Silva method, right? You you think of the problem, and then you like hand it over. You really visualize it to hand it over to someone above you, to the universe, to the higher self, to, to subconsciousness, and then work on it again. Uh, a very powerful idea, um, and giving yourself every day is off time. And that's also meditation, right? Uh, You said you try. and, And by walking in nature, many people call that meditation to some degree mindfulness, be present, be in the now, and let the subconscious work and just do not take the phone. I mean, or do you go around and you listen to a podcast? Or are you just walking?
1: I used to, I used to listen to podcasts, I used to listen to music but it's so much more rewarding and you feel so much better. If you just leave your phone at home, leave everything at home and just, just listen to the sounds around you, listen to the birds, maybe the rain, the wind, uh, and just, just actually just focus on the environment you're in. Like what it smells like, what it feels like, the temperature, (laughs) you know, when you can focus on everything, it's just, it's something really beautiful about that. It just makes you feel good as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also told you in the, in the, before we restarted that for me, that's one of the biggest insights. I should be more conscious. I got depressed and, you know, suicidal because I always wanted to do something. I didn't take the time off. I also told in Aiden's interview, it's like this, you know, turning off on working on a problem and trying to find a solution. I I do this metacognitive training. You didn't hear that actually. So there she says, put yourself half an hour or an hour for solving a problem. If you cannot solve the problem in that time, the chances that you can solve it by thinking about it for 10 hours or 12 hours is it, almost not existing. Um, but by doing that, you will, you know, overuse your brain and will go into depression eventually. And that's why you have the crazy scientists and you know, the many of the artists which have depression and other issues, because they overthink and yeah Uh, that's not i think it's a
1: problem that originates actually it goes back to when we're younger and when we're children and when we're actually learning about this world like we are put into school and you know generally what we actually what do we learn in school what do we learn when we're there we learn geography we learn about the countries we learn about maths and science why are we not learning about ourselves? Why are not we not learning all these methods, which we just talked about here, about being more mindful? Why are we not learning about meditation in schools? Why are we not learning the power of switching off and taking time for yourselves? Because I think if we'd done that, and if that was implemented into schools, then you would see massive, massive, <laughs> a massive increase actually in happiness and and a massive decrease in, in probably... Um, mental health problems like depression and, and like suicide rates and I think if there was an education and people actually understood that they need to take time for themselves rather than just chasing the the promotion chasing the the job and and always working and working and working and working and working and hitting burnout burnout all the time I think if if, if we was actually taught useful skills when we was younger then then it would help a, a lot
0: of people. Yeah, it just makes me think I should be more active in the free school here. (laughs) In Denmark, it's pretty common. It was a shock for me as a Swiss to be in Denmark and then hear about Rudolf Steiner, which I, from my home, I could see the headquarters of Rudolf Steiner, which doesn't have any 90 degree angles anywhere. Um, It's kind of like a thorn in many people's eyes. But now I do understand what Rudolf Steiner wanted exactly break out of this chasing after being better and improve this 1% more. Uh, And then here in Denmark, Rudolfsland is just one of the free schools, right? But generally the free school has the same requirements as the public school. You have like to know this much in math, you have to know this in geography and and so on and so forth. But how you teach it is up to the school. So if you're one city, and you're happy with the free school and you move due to job or whatever, you relocate and you put your kids in another free school, don't expect the same because how they teach and how the daily life is, the culture in that school is dependent on the parents as well, because you have the parents in the committee, right? To decide a bit on how to be, right? Like biology has to be outside. (laughs) Who knows, right? Could be, or we do not want to have any chairs, and tables so they have to stand like uh, tim ferris and schwarzenegger have been promoting i think two three years ago in florida uh 2018 19 i think they made this test on having schools without chairs because sitting is the new smoking a lot of back problems mm-hmm. and all these things and
1: oh yeah 100 <laughs> and we say this as i'm sat down on a chair i oh, have I'm... wanted a standard desk for ages
0: my wife uses my standing desk because she's home for one year now lockdown so she took that one for a short period, right? So we have not been seeing it ahead. Otherwise, I would have said, you know what? I-, I felt that it will be a long thing. should have made my own studio in the basement as I have now. From the start, it would have caused a lot less friction because I would have been able to work here and have my papers here instead of spreading it all around the house and needing to... Find it again because my wife needed the space, you know, to eat and then cleaning up. But yeah, we have a standing table. I but I'm sitting here on a uh gymnastic ball or what is it? Swiss ball? You guys call it? Yeah,
1: big ball, big inflatable ball. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like this rubber (laughs) yoga ball. Yeah, we know the one. Yoga ball. I think some people call it Swiss ball. I do not know why. Why is everything called Swiss? Swiss knife and swiss whatever um
1: because you guys lead creativity You will invade everything
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah innovation right uh i'm in denmark and danes are very proud of innovation but i can say switzerland is leading uh in that perspective but on the other hand it's i don't know, remember which country is leading it's some asian countries per head so denmark is not that far but switzerland is definitely further. Uh, Because Switzerland and Denmark, we don't have so much raw resources to make money like the Germans and so on. Uh, So creativity is one point. Uh, I had a question in my head which flew out. So I need to let it sit. Uh, But I love so far what you say about creativity. How would you call your creative powers then? I mean, before you said you were not feeling creative and now... uh, Sorry, you boosted it.
1: Okay, so, how would I call my creative powers? what do you mean by what what would i call them
0: uh, sorry what what would be your creative powers
1: mm oh good question i for me i don't know tell me if i tell me if I start answering this one wrong Oliver okay. <laughs> for me anything I can do anything chuck me in a situation i think up a new idea of something chuck me in uh i, I know you love lego chuck me uh, in uh, <laughs> an office with uh, a load of uh, uh people who design stuff for lego i'll come up with some ideas for them i have that confidence in myself i know this is massive egotistical here but but i generally have that confidence that i i can do anything
0: in any situation someone puts me in okay so it's is it more the ideation the creative ideas or are you also like if i put you in a in a room and say here is millions and billions of legos i mean they're crazy i mean i get crazy with i I took away all these different boxes and tried to build something so you have like hundreds of different pieces now (laughs) would you then be able to create something out of it
1: yeah i i just this is what i love is what i used to do as a kid So, yes, the answer to your question, literally everything. (laughs) I know this makes me sound like a massive egotistical narcissist here, but, yeah, I remember when I was younger. This brings me on to a story. Um, I was coming back, actually. We mentioned the Young Magicians Club earlier, and I was sat on the train, and you know how most kids will usually play on their phone or or, or try and do some sort of escapism activity, go into the digital realm, maybe even read a book, learn some knowledge, or some people will just around and mess up and and sing songs or whatever i I was obsessed with uh inventing stuff. I remember when i was younger i i said as well i was interested in plumbing i remember i would uh, get the soldering iron out i was only a young kid i would get the soldering iron out and i would weld pipes together i would put pipes together and make make water pistols and water guns out of old copper pipes and old pieces of plumbing equipment i was only a young kid um that's probably another reason i wanted to do plumbing because i'd always be interested in that, uh, the thinking and designing stuff i used to love playing with lego designing these crazy contraptions these these crazy things like it's, it's I think why a lot of engineers like used to love it when they were younger and still probably do. But also I remember, um, I'm going back to my story of on the train, rather than doing any of these crazy things, these hobbies is just something to pass the time whilst I'm on the train. I was sat there trying to design a car. I was only like, what, 14, 15? No, no, 15, yeah, about 15 years old. I was sat there trying to design a car that would run on water so it was completely eco-friendly. And the idea I had for it was completely stupid but it just proves the point of how, like, I just love creating new things and trying to solve problems. I was like from that age, like I knew when I was younger, I knew those problems with the world were like fossil fuels and that. So I was like, Hmm, I'll have a go. I'll have a go at trying to sort something. And, and, and it's that extreme confidence to just think, you know what, because as soon as you doubt yourself, as soon as you start doubting yourself and say, "Ah, uh, I'm silly, Ah, uh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I don't have a degree. Like, what? Well, it do not matter. None of that matters. All, all that matters is the fact that you have the confidence to go ahead with a task so that you can just come up with an idea and see where it leads. Admittedly, uh, my idea for a water powered car was actually stupid <laughs> now that I look <laughs> yeah. back at it. But it proves the point that you just need the confidence to go ahead with anything in any situation. I'm not qualified in anything to do with cars. I'm not qualified in physics. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have great qualifications in maths going up to some amazing levels, but I'm good at it. But I just thought, you know, uh, this is a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun for me. And, and that's generally why I said to you, when you said, ah, oh, if, if I put you in this situation, if I put you in this situation, like, yeah, I, I'll do anything in any situation. Whack me anywhere. I will come up with a good idea. Whack me in a in a room with um, with directors of a big old company all right cool i'll come up with ways in which they could save money i'll come up in ways which they can solve their business problems whack me with a bunch of lego i'll come up with a crazy new design for this new toy (laughs) whack me anywhere i'll come up with a new idea or solve a problem or, or or do whatever it is but i just have that burning egotistical confidence and narcissistic complex that just allows me to just so you know what i can do it and because i accept it and because i feel i can do anything in any situation then I am not worrying about all those negative things I past mentioned, like the, the self-doubt, the worry, this, that, all that, all that negativity that gets in the way. I just focus on what I can do and what I want to do and why I have fun
0: doing. Okay. I'm just taking notes here. You, so, so it, it's really fun to see. You said you thought you were not creative, but, now you tell the story. So you have been mm-hmm. creative, but yeah. you believe you're I not I didn't realise it. That's the thing. I didn't realise it in myself. When I
1: was younger, I used to do all of these crazy things. I used to be obsessed with this stuff. And I didn't realise it because I, we, we're we not taught about this. And it goes back to education. We're not taught about it. We, we're not self-aware. We don't, we don't know what we're good at. Like, I never knew I was creative until really... Recently, it was only through speaking to Aiden about finding ways of training up creativity, training it as a skill, so I can do stuff. But now, looking back, I realise I've been creative through my entire life. But it's that mindset shifting, and it's and it's accepting that you are good at the tasks that you want to do. Like I, I look back, and I think when I was eighteen years old, like I say, I used to be worried and think, "Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that." But now, now, like I say, chuck me in any situation, I'll do whatever. I've, I, I've fully accepted that I've always been creative throughout my entire life. And by understanding what creativity is, by the amazing stuff that Asians taught me, I've been able to train it up. I've been able to accept it. I've been able to use it to actually make sure that I have creative ideas. I can come up with amazing new things. I can think about these wildest different things. I, I've trained it into a skill.
0: Awesome. Should we look at innovation or... Ha- how would you say innovation and creativity is interlinked on what is the description or your uh yeah your description of innovation your
1: ah oh, innovation something we've been <laughs> again uh, i'll bring Aiden up he spoke to you last episode. Uh, <laughs> we've been doing this a lot in our business and i'm sure you'll hear about this in our in our group podcast but we always innovate we we've innovated so much that we've actually looked at our business and gone whoa (laughs) let's slow down a bit (laughs) but it's fun like and and i think innovation it, it really comes up into that creativity process because it's it it links into everything i've just said doesn't it accepting that you can come up with these ideas and having the confidence to go through with ideas also having the confidence to axe ideas that don't work i remember we was having a conversation what was it about about google and and the projects they do so many projects yet a lot of them flop and go bad they have the confidence to 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 kill their babies as as the saying were to, to ditch their babies and uh yeah no I, I don't really know if there's much more i can elaborate on rather than already what i've said but you know it it really does link into creativity because you've just got to accept that it's a skill, it's something you can train, it's something you can do, it's something everyone does. Like my story, I've gone through my entire life thinking I wasn't creative, but really looking back at it, well, I was creative, wasn't I? Now I've identified it, I can train it. And it's the same for innovation. You want to come up with new ideas, especially within business, okay. Learn, train,
0: read. Yeah, awesome. I was thinking of, we we talked about the last time you overcame an obstacle right uh laying there changing all the things Let, let's go back to to what happened with your business i mean so we took off what well, you worked as a bartender not getting much money and you thought of getting a lot of gigs and then lockdown came and instead and you had a good friend which told you you know look for the possibilities right mm-hmm. and um you were think basically was that then when you were laying in bed for two days back and forth and then you had the idea or was that coming afterwards i mean to to come up with i should be you know being on zoom on a uh, google meet or whatever you are
1: no it was really i um it was really just the conversations with uh, i said my friend ian where he kind of outlined that to me and that's why i went into that situation of okay this is a great idea and i've got to create my show so he, he really did help me and 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 show me there's like he started that process he gave his amazing quote and he backed it up and said like you can do all this stuff actually he, he gave me a whole list of things that i went through and i resonated with some and and i took them forward and i outlined that there was you know, there was an opportunity to to take it further and, and do this type of entertainment online and, and delve into that. And then I went through the show writing process. But then from there, I, I had to do so many other things that completely shift the way my business works, which I have done. And I've literally been shifting it and I will be shifting it over the past few months and the next few months to to really refine the process. So it's some interesting stuff is happening and has happened.
0: Yeah, and I, I we will look in, into the podcast and uh, the successful mentalist, of course, in the next interview. Um, when we talked last time, you you mentioned that you were, you know, you said now you've been performing all around the planet because of online, and you've also been in a movie uh, or documentary,
1: uh, a TV show, uh, TV Open America.
0: Show. Yeah, America or Canada.
1: Uh, uh america it was shown in can no was it was shown in canada I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad like i can't even remember it like it's such a big thing where you look at it as a kid like oh that'd be cool and then it happens and i'm just like oh, yeah it was a thing <laughs> i think it was america it was on the, the trvl channel never heard a- of that channel before but
0: americans have but, but how, how did you come to be there i mean you you, you were just like happily being in this bar and then shifting to be online, learning all the things. So if, you know, uh, I see the microphone and the camera and all these things you learned. And then in the same year, I mean, how that must be like five, six months after you started the whole thing, latest to be called up for being part of that show. Mm -hmm. How how did that all come? Did you visualize something like that? Did you dream about that or... You know
1: I think it comes from thinking positively, and I think it comes from like when you know obviously you've got all the science, you've got the spiritual stuff um that all that comes with you know this positive way of thinking, and uh, it links into everything i've I've said today, but also as well, when you start thinking positively, you start putting yourself out there in the public domain and you look better, you look more professional people people see that positive energy within you know when people see a positive energy within someone they go ah oh, i want to work with this person this person seems cool like they can it's almost like they can pick up on that energy even if it is through the way you write a facebook post or a, or a photo that you might put up and um and yeah I, I was just doing loads of stuff and it completely came out of the blue and they just messaged me and really like there's there's millions of people they could have messaged but they messaged me and I, and i think i think obviously the universe presented itself to me because obviously i was thinking and and i was in that frame of mind where I didn't need it i didn't want it but i was fully able to embrace new opportunities and and new pathways that came to me and because i was able to embrace new things new things appeared like many new things appeared uh, throughout all of 2020 which is just fantastic and i think it's because i was able to to embrace it take it understand that it was an opportunity when things came to me so that i could shoot at it a million guns million miles an hour it also came to me as well um how they found me was uh, through one of my youtube videos an old youtube video an old vlog i used to upload and i used to do a lot of vlogging um when i first met adam you know we've been friends a while we had a whole group of uh (laughs) a whole group of mind readers which is really fun and every time we meet up i used to get my camera i used to bring the camera which i'm filming on today and i used to just record us just having fun having a laugh and uh, i'd upload that it was only ever seen by like 100 500 people i didn't care about views i didn't care who saw it i just did it for fun you know and subsequently a tv producer saw that and went yeah we like this video can we use stuff from it can we whack it in our tv show and i went, yes absolutely <laughs> and it all came from having a bit of fun It came for something completely pointless, which which at the time many people could have overlooked and gone, oh, this isn't going to make me money. Oh, this isn't this isn't going to do this. But no, because I was having fun doing something, it obviously radiated through the video. People could see that I'm not just doing this for money. I'm doing it as a burning passion. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying myself. So that obviously when other people watched it, they could sense that they could feel that energy. And that's probably what inspired these people to want to obviously work with me and, and grab that and use it. Um which is which is really great. And obviously, like I say, the mindset of being able to accept these these new pathways when they open up.
0: Yeah. I definitely I just wow, I, I just absorbed the whole thing and I, I definitely agree with you being positively open um for the new thing, more new things are coming, right? It's like one thing after the other. Because now you're As I said, you can call it the universe, you can call it your mental filter, right? If you talk to Aiden uh, mentally, we have so much stimuli all the time that we need to filter it out. And now if you're more positive, more fun, you will actually see those messages. I mean, I might go through Facebook and if I have a different filter, I might see the right message and I will react on that message. If I have the wrong filter, I might not see the message or will read it the wrong way. Uh, and because you were open, so you had like online performances. You were on a TV show. Uh, the podcast is running quite fine. Uh, I've heard your your coaching is going well, and you continue innovate. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, let's go for a little bit uh, another way. We talked about uh, that you. Uh, at least I read on your webpage, page. Uh, that you found out that your brother had autism and through the process you found out you also had autism. So how Mm -hmm. does that influence your life or the way people look at you or how you look at yourself or over time, how did it shift?
1: Mm. This is a funny story. I um, So when I found out my brother had autism, I teamed up with a charity uh, called Fixers. Um, We got a team together and I put together a film to just kind of uh, raise awareness of autism and just kind of like, deal with a social stigma that, that surrounds it. So we put that together and I was about what, 18, 19 at the time, I think. Um, yeah, around about that, 18, 19, uh, 20. I, I, I forget, it was a while ago, <laughs> many years ago, many moons ago. Um, we put that together and I just thought it's something I need to do. It felt right in that moment and uh, put it together, worked on it and uh, it was great fun. And well, seen by many people, but the people that saw it really affected them. Uh, I sent the video uh, speaking to a couple of um, psychologists from the Maudsley Hospital in London, uh, which is a psychiatric hospital. Uh, it used to be, I believe, called Bedlam, where they chucked all the insane people. <laughs> but uh, now they actually deal with um, proper things rather than just locking away uh, people like me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, immediately everyone switched off. <laughs> um, but no, no, I um, I sent it to them, and obviously they they liked it, shared it around, which was great. And this was at the same time that um, I got diagnosed with autism. I, I, I showed him, and brought that up. And um, something really weird happened. When I got diagnosed with autism, I remember I sat there. And uh, the doctor, uh, the psychologist said to me, Oh, you, uh, you have uh, this autism. You're on the autistic spectrum. And I went, Oh, thank goodness. And he went, Why are you happy? And I, went, well, I know how I think now. I know that this is the reason why I think it enables you to understand yourself better. And it's really weird. And I think that is a perfect example. Like someone so intelligent, someone with a degree who fully understands like uh, the, the uh, neurodiverse people. Okay. And he was like, why are you happy that you're autistic? Why wouldn't I be? I'm happy with myself. <laughs> what <laughs> are you saying that now? Because I, I've got a label. I'm I'm gonna be unhappy with myself when I've been happy living with myself all these years. No. I, I'm I'm happy because I now know how I think, I now know why I do certain things. And that makes you understand you a little bit better. Um, and this is this is something which I which is strange when people say like um, oh, this person has this, this person has this, is it's always looked down upon, but people don't realize that well, they're just unique. Everyone's unique. Everyone has a different way of thinking. We all have different brains. And that's why it's called neurodiversity. There's neurodiverse people. People have a different type of brain than someone else. Like I have a different type of brain from you. You have a different type of brain from Aiden. But that's what makes us unique. If we had the same brains, we'd just be robots thinking the same every day. We need people that are unique. We need people that are that are different. We need people that that can do these amazing things in this area and can do this amazing things in this area. And and it's just, a, it's just one of those things. I, I don't look at it as something bad. I, I look at it as it's just me. And um, oh, I can't remember who this was, but I think someone... Uh, no, this was. It was one of the psychologists, I think, said, what is it like living with autism? And I went, how the hell do I know? It's just life. <laughs> autism isn't something you wake up with and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm infected. Ah oh! then you just catch it it's like something you have your entire life right so when someone asks you what is it like living with autism it's like i don't know i just live my life like if i ask you oliver what's it like living your life being you you'd be like i I don't know i just just live my life just do my thing i i I can't what, what do you mean and that was the same answer how can i answer someone what it's like with autism when that that's all i know it's all i know living like it's all I know doing like all of the good times all of the bad times all of the neutral times throughout my life it just is what it is and that's what makes us human and it's just strange that people always see such a negative aspect of something when it doesn't have to be it's just you got a different way of thinking and what deal with it look at all of the benefits that come with it yeah my uh my communication skills might be rubbish my uh, <laughs> my English <laughs> grades at school were rubbish but there's so many other benefits that I've got and and that's the thing, it goes back to Ian's quote doesn't it, some people look for problems other people look for opportunities
0: at least I do not see any issues with your English um, at least from my level <laughs> <laughs> then we haven't spoken long enough <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we'll, we will get the time. So let, let's kind of wrap it up. Even though I would love to go into your way of looking at all these mystical tarot reading and, but I do not know if you have time for that. Um, otherwise we'll make time another time. Do you have any tips, uh, advices for the listeners? I mean, there was a lot, at least I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if if there's anyone listening to this that resonates with everything, anything I've said, it's it's easy to get trapped, isn't it? It's easy to get trapped in your life and trapped in your head and forced into situations and forced into living how other people expect you to live. Uh, A book I recommend on that. Vishen Lakhiani's Code of the Extraordinary Mind. It's a great basis to start understanding that there's a a different world out there and you you can start living the life that you want to live and start escaping escaping the social norms you know and, and getting out of that culture scape is, uh, is a real fantastic book so I I definitely recommend picking that up but but mainly my overall advice you know for for people listening I, I can't give advice because everyone's so different on their own individual levels mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's different all, all I would say is just take the time each day you know when you guys are going through your life whatever stress you're going through whatever positive things you're going through, you might be the happiest person on the planet but Remember, take the time each day to be mindful, to be with yourselves, even if it's an hour, even if it's 20 minutes. Just take that time because it will just, it will change the way you see the world, it will change your outlook. And even if you are happy now, this will stop you going down and spiraling into various different routes of negativity. So I think focusing on oneself is is really, really important and You know, just remembering these two phrases, one that Ian said to me, which I think is fantastic. Some people look for problems. Other people look for opportunities. You know, remembering that and remember that you want to be the one person that's actually looking for opportunities. And also the final one from me. And what? I'm still alive. (laughs) Whenever I hit hit a situation, whenever there's something negative, there's a problem. eh, And what? I couldn't give a damn if my business has flopped. I couldn't give a damn if I lost all my money. And what? I'm still alive.
0: I mean, that's not only advice. That's also call to action. Um, <laughs> any other books you would recommend? Then uh, Vishen Lakhiani's The Extraordinary Mind. A Code of the Extraordinary Mind. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, there's not books that I'd recommend. Well, I mean, there's loads. I mean, look behind me. There's fantastic books. Aidan's got a better book recommendations. <laughs> what I would recommend is the Stop Existing website. www.stopexisting.com is Aidan's website. Check out the blog on there. He's dropping some utter gold and mind-shifting revolutionary stuff. Um, it's really, really insightful.
0: Yes, that's awesome. And if people want to reach out to you, in yeah 100 uh, percent my <laughs>
1: website um if you if you know anyone at a company looking for big large scale corporate entertainment i'm your guy i'm that weird guy <laughs> um www.ashleygreenofficial.com is me if you want to find me on social medias you can find me on instagram at green mind reader basically just search ashley green mind reader wherever you go um put my at symbol on everything clubhouse instagram facebook twitter at green mind reader that's me. Just search online, Ashley Green Mind Reader. I come up, I'm everywhere. You you can't not find me. Just a quick Google search. You definitely know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Or just search crazy crazy weird guy that's
0: optimistic, <laughs>
1: adaptive, <laughs> and collects dead animals. <laughs> then I'll come up.
0: <laughs> yeah, is there anything I forgot to ask you for our in-person interview? You would like to share with the world
1: no i think it's just the the things that i've said you know that's the only thing that i want to really say i think that's the most important thing that i could could give to be honest
0: then uh yeah then let's keep it with that we have lunch and then meet you guys again for the third interview today and for people I already told you I think it's going to be like once a week a new one so we will have to wait another week and while you do that you go and click that subscribe button on my podcast and also Ashley and Aiden's podcast share it with whomever you know if you liked it and leave some you know messages to us ask questions or give some feedback how we can improve how we what you liked and what you don't like with that uh, thank you very much Ashley, see you soon again. See you soon. Hello again here at the end of the show. I hope you really enjoyed this interview I had today with my guest. And if you do so, please go, if you have not done that already, and subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. Put some star ratings or thumbs up or whatever you can. Hearts I've seen somewhere, and leave a, a review, a comment about the episode. And if you have some direct messages for me, you can also do that directly on anchor.fm/slash S-C-H-I-R-A-C-H, as uh, in the form of a voice message. You can also send me an email on O. like for Oliver Shirach O. in one word, at gmail.com. Um, or reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, And I love to get some feedback. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me what is not so good, because we all want to improve, and I want you to have the best experience. Perhaps you also want to be on the show, or you know someone else that could be really fun to be interviewed by me. With that, thank you very much, and have a great day. Oh, go. Sleeping now. It's time. Your eyes are heavy. (laughs) See you then. Bye-bye.